This is Nathan. This is Lisa. I'm Leslie. I'm Ryan. And I'm Pam. Better Together Podcast, bringing educators together for real talk. Like peanut butter and jelly. Movies and popcorn. And banana and pancakes. We're all better together. I just yeah, that's all. I like I don't. I, don't, I appreciate like, a with solid the solid mechanism for holding onto my phone so that it does not fall to the ground or in other places that we don't want phones. Yes, absolutely. That's why everybody needs a loopy case. Right. But so my question is, but doesn't a pop socket oh, give you the no. availability to like no. prop it up? Nathan Pomedy. Compared to like a loopy case, like I'm sorry, I know I'm getting old and maybe I'm stuck in my ways of. I mean, the loopy case can sort of do that, too. But I think the benefits of a loopy case over the pop socket are far outweigh the whatever the difference is. Like, okay, I can't lay it, like set it up just quite like a pop socket, but I can carry it very easily. I'm not going to drop it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's... Also, it's very stylish. So, so really, this stylish. gets back to my wife. My wife has had... So, she <laughs> was ahead of this curve. My wife had we have a, a shaking uh, phone a with a ring. Cake. You know the oh. rings. Yeah, Tammy's yeah. got one of those. Oh, my wife has had that for like four years. How is that any different? It's different. So you guys are just getting on. Here's how it's different. Wave that was already there a long time ago. If Tammy falls down the stairs, she's gonna break her finger. But if you have the loopy case, you're not gonna break her finger. Look, you have to think about safety because currently I have had these experiences. Okay. Yes, Another unfortunately. Thing that I would like to point out is that loopy cases for fidgeters out there like me, mm-hmm. pop sockets are, and even those rings, and I think as teachers, we can all up attest down, to the down. fact that kids fidget in mm-hmm. class, and I fidget as well. The pop socket, I fidgeted with all yep. the time. I was constantly Like puffing it up, puffing mm-hmm. it up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was driving me nuts. But the best part about the loopy case is the fact that it is cool. All the younger teachers are doing it. I was stopped by the younger teacher in my building, and she pointed out that, she said, Pam, I am impressed. I know you have been striving to stay hip. (laughs) And I have. I got a paper plate award last year that said I was most hip because I was trying the word sus out. I love it. And the word, the T. Hey, we can spill the tea today on our podcast. I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't know what that means. See, you're talking to a bunch of people. Yeah, you're talking to a bunch of people. Add a little loop. Yeah. Clearly, but anyways, the, the loopy cases are very in. Are very in. So what you're okay. saying is loopy cases and phones are better together? They are better together. <laughs> Go get yourself maybe, a loopy case. Maybe we have our first official sponsor. We should contact them. <laughs> yeah, right? We should. Loopy cases. <laughs> <laughs> hey, check out our episode. I don't know why peanut butter and jelly hasn't gotten to us yet. But like, started maybe the loopy case. Banana pancakes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so just All like right. the loopy case helps make your phone better, yeah. we have, I feel like, there's so many different tools out there. The loopy case is a tool that we use, mm-hmm. right? And we yeah. don't just use it because it's cool and trendy. We actually use it because it serves a purpose. Yes. 
it's very purposeful. Out that way, potentially. Yes, that's an addition. Like, yeah, it's cute and it's it holds up well. But so there's also tools that we use with our students that are also really cool, but we don't just use them because of that, right? Right. We use them because they right. connect our students to whatever it be. Maybe it's portrait of a graduate. Maybe they, it engages them in a different way. Yeah. Anybody got a tool they love? And uh, I really love, uh, this year I really kind of got into uh, Pear Deck Fever. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I kind of preach the Pear Deck to uh, every teacher that walks into my door. Just because it's such an easy entrance point for a lot of teachers yeah. who are trying to find something new to use to mm -hmm. support that's outside of just the slide presentations that they have. So it kind of takes something that they've spent a lot of time over the years building and crafting and now really quickly and easily just adding that one other element of quickly getting some sort of student feedback or checkpoints or reflection or whatever um, with minimal effort and, and minimal time that they can add that layer to it post it out there for students and now they're getting kind of that that engagement and interaction that they weren't getting before so I, I really think that that's uh, a great starting tool for a lot of teachers uh, yeah. that, that I have. I second that especially with the the pedagogy behind Pear Deck because it's not just a tool they incorporate a lot of the philosophy behind it like for you know their their acronyms teach so they tackle tenacity they you know engage yeah, I'm not sure what all of them are, but basically... You knew the first one. That's <laughs> what I'm impressed. But I think you are like a Pear Deck guru. I am. I'm just off the top of my head, though, in yeah. terms of you know, being able to not only engage with the content, but being able to dive deeper into the content. And I think it gives the students, in particular, more than one way to express themselves and to give them choice and you know, give them that personal learning that they that they're moving towards. What's interesting, and I'm going to draw back on an experience from last week, a bunch of estimates got together, and we had the opportunity to do some learning walks mm -hmm. and walk around, and we saw some amazing teachers doing amazing things mm -hmm. in their classrooms. Um, and I think we got into a bit of a conversation, there was one point where um, the concept, it was like a language arts block, it was a typical kind of like mini lesson, and then you, the kids were off, and they had different things to do. Um, but we were talking about that initial mini lesson and um, our focus when we went on to this learning walk was really to pay attention to what students were doing and not necessarily the teacher and so which was a, it, I mean I've done it before but like it was really hard to just watch the kids um, but what I noticed is during this like mini lesson there was a lot of students with eyes like just wandering and so really there were probably about five to six kids who were engaged in that conversation and they were the ones answering the questions and they were the ones with their hands up and everybody else was just kind of like <laughs> everywhere you can't see me but I'm rolling my eyes all right um, but and then and it wasn't that wasn't an atypical experience but it I think what I started to think and we ended up having this conversation about later was you know, oftentimes, I think particularly at elementary school, it can be really hard. You're trying to navigate and support teachers in using technology, and you don't want it to become like a, a distraction, or, or not even a distraction. The word I'm looking for is like, it can't, it, you don't want it to be so much that it interferes with the flow mm -hmm. and just the nature of a classroom. You want to have these rich conversations, and you want to um, engage kids, 
Um, but sometimes I think we, we kind of shy away. We're like, it's okay. Like, you don't have to use technology all the places. Like, have them create something. I feel like we do a lot of creation in mm-hmm. elementary school. And that one little moment, though, and to get back to the flip grid, in case you're wondering where this is going, um, the, was it hit me, and it wasn't something that I had really sold my teachers on, but the importance of potentially how much richer that conversation could, like what that could have looked like if those students had been just had their device they're clearly already savvy at having devices mm-hmm. this is a one-to-one classroom um and then everybody would have had a response to what the teacher was saying using pear deck right mm-hmm. to be a visibly a quick um information and you, the teacher would have known right away who got it who didn't get it before they went off yeah. You know, and it kind of goes back to that idea of like putting the energy and time up front Mm -hmm. because we also had this conversation of like you know putting out fires. Like, do you really want to put out fires later? Like, do you want to have to go? Oh gosh, Johnny and Gene, these four or five, six kids don't get it. Where I could have known that right up front, and I could have attacked it. I could have kept them, sent everybody else. I don't know. There's ways. So I see it in that vein too. Uh Um, Again, unlike many of the tools that we have, this one is just such a simple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A pair deck, particularly, I think, is a yeah. simple way to get quick feedback, yeah. um, and it's visually appealing. I think the way they've yeah. set it up, kind of, and it's mm-hmm. easy, like you had said, for the teachers have already made all these slide mm-hmm. decks that have all this information. So it's easy to take that and then give them an opportunity to add in just a couple little features. Yeah. Um, definitely for like, cause we haven't at Rocky, we haven't purchased pair deck yet, and we've been um, exploring the tool. And I haven't as a as an ESPED, I don't feel like I've been training teachers enough on them on, on Pear Deck. So I, we have a former teacher who's now the ESPED over at Mount Vernon or Mountain View, and um, I know she's proficient in it. So because she has a relationship with the staff, I invited her to come over, and she brought one of her students from Mountain View over, oh, and so nice. they trained our staff on Pear Deck, and. Um, <coughs> We are still, we're in the process of trying to get it approved and seeing if we can purchase it for our school. But one thing that I am really impressed with is how there's so much overlap of tools and we, a lot of times, sometimes teachers will come and request a tool where you can kind of duplicate it in Google Apps. Mm -hmm. And I remember Leslie Borkenhagen and Elizabeth Hernandez sharing this visual of an avocado slicer and a knife. And Mm. it's like, do you really need the avocado slicer when the knife can probably do it? But with Pear Deck, I feel that it like, you know, as, as you guys just talked about, it integrates well with the Google Slides, so it's already there. It's not really adding this huge new tool to the toolbox. And it also, some of the other little tools, like I won't name names of the tools, but I just feel that it, it eliminates the need for some of the other mm-hmm. tools. And so it really probably like could allow you to streamline that digital ecosystem in your school. And right. that, I think, makes it easier for kids. Because they're not like, oh, what do I have to log in for this? Right. What do I have to do for that? Well, it's quick all response. Right it's like yeah. all built in. Yeah, that that response nice. thing, like being able to see all mm-hmm. of that without having to stop and build something yeah. else for them to put those in. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. That's a really huge, like, and I haven't really thought of that, but it's mm-hmm. true. That's like a, another step. That well, is well, and then being able to project it up and you can see this response. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. you can target a specific response and say, this is exactly yeah. what I was looking for, mm-hmm. or, hey, let's have a conversation about this because we're obviously confused about what we were talking That's about. Right. So let's well, let's redirect yeah. or go back because we need to reteach. Yeah. Outside the classroom, it's great for counselors and for oh. other staff members, like, 
working for faculty meetings and stuff to make sure that the yeah. teacher, the staff's engaged in mm -hmm. you know what you're trying to do at the school. You know, for beginning of the year, you know, guidelines or policies. Yeah. You know, getting immediate feedback to make those changes or you know yeah. to improve upon That's everything. Well, what's interesting is um, I did like a making the, the book making making visible. So it's the one that I really like. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like something I really ascribe to. I really believe in. Um, and years ago, like, I don't know, 10 years ago, I did a PD on it as an early SBIT. Um, and You're back when it. it was like, how can you use Google to make thinking visible? And so we like did Google Forms, and then you took the, the form responses and put them <clears throat> into um, Wordle, and then you had a Wordle, and you could look at all the words, or we looked at the spreadsheet and things like that. So I did that presentation years ago, and then most recently I was holding a session for my teachers um, during like an ed camp day and I started with that presentation and it was interesting because I was like oh well maybe not and it literally evolved into let's take a look at Pear Deck and how Pear Deck can make you think mm -hmm. invisible so it's interesting again I didn't even make that connection until right now in this conversation how I found myself swaying away from you can create this as a Google form you can create this as a this yeah. because in all reality, it's just like a one-step process right. with the yeah. paradigm that piece, mm -hmm. um, and so that's where we kind of went. Yeah, it's it's, interesting. Yeah, it saves time for the teachers instead mm -hmm. of having to do this multi-step process to get the same responses. Mm -hmm. And then I also like they they added on, and I think you were going to talk about this was the um, flashcard factory, and I love that aspect. I've seen numerous teachers use it, and just how excited the kids get because it's like this competition. It's team building, so the students are working together, so you see that collaboration amongst the students, and then they're super excited because they're competing with others to get the right terms and the right uh, drawings and all that stuff, and that's just, that's just fun to see that yeah. energy in the classroom uh, of the students and connecting to the learning in that way. Whereas before, you know, a lot of times they're doing that work and it's either independent work or they're just doing it on paper, and it just, just doesn't seem to be as... Engaging? Yeah. yeah. Well, and speaking of that flashcard factory that was one of the things that kind of I didn't know a whole lot about and I wanted to share with my teachers because I had like I'd seen a little bit and enough about it to know that I was like I think this is even more than engaging this really has some like benefits and I don't think I really knew all of the benefits it had but I have a colleague who luckily is very open to like trying things out with me and so I was like hey can I come in and she teaches fifth grade and it's on a rotation basis so she teaches science and so it was three sessions. So we did the same thing three times. And of course, by the third time we had were rock stars. Um, but the first time I had so many ahas. I was in the moment. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad I did this, first of all, before I talked to teachers about it. Because it became so much more than a flashcard builder. Um, the things that I saw happening were, first of all, just to break it down just a little bit, because I felt like this was really like to me the selling points of some of this was, so the teacher gave us words, we had the words from their curriculum, um, and this particular lesson was like science, like uh, matter and lots of really like compounds and electrons, things, I, atoms, I was not super up on again. Um, but we did it and we learned that there was so much going on, you spoke of this, the engagement between students, there's so much going on between two people having one word and one person has to draw it and one person has to write about it. So it pairs it, it gives, literally sends you out into a, like a 
there's a big team that you're working in, but you're also working in kind of a sub team together. And so um, we had to have conversations. We talked about like, well, how do you have, how do you work together? Like we brought all of that in. So there was a huge POG tie, like no doubt. And I didn't even do it that time. It would have been a perfect time to talk about like what portrait of graduate skill did you use? Mm -hmm. If you're working on specific ones to highlight those and have students just like keep that as like, here's a place that I use my portrait of graduate skill. Cause you can't do that activity yeah. without, with yeah. honestly, without being able to yeah. collaborate, communicate yeah. with other people. <coughs> um, and the other, some of the other ha ha's my teacher had was, you know, she loved that. She's like, I have been having these science notebooks all year and my kids never go back to them. They don't go into them, they don't look back at their work, and they were so excited about this activity, first of all, and they were just devouring their science notebooks. <laughs> just like, where is it, where's the answer? Let's look, let's find, we gotta figure this information out. Oh, wow. So she's like, oh my gosh, that alone, just the fact that they learn how to go back to some resource that we've used, so that was something I hadn't thought about. So that came out of it. The third thing that was really powerful for me was that when, so in, when they create the flashcards, the, the scene itself, the factory setting is really cute. The kids love it. Um, but she had to have a really big conversation because at the very end there's like quality control, which is where they either approve or disapprove of the, the thing. And um, again, I kind of stepped lightly over that one. I didn't even know that that would be super powerful. But the way it turned out is those came up and so at any given point, there were maybe like four words that, like four teams had had an opportunity to work on a word, one word, excuse me. And um, so the, all of them were up there and you're kind of looking at it and the conversation that went on between my teacher and, and that's when I handed it over because clearly I can't yeah. guide about Adams at this point, um, between her and the students yeah. was so rich. Like yeah. it was like, nope, this is, and she used the analogy of like, this is our factory and we're producing stools. What, like, would we produce a stool with three legs and give it a stamp, a ho, okay, yes. Because there were some really great cards, but they were missing something. So she kept aspiring to like, we can't produce four-legged stools and then produce a, give a stool that has three really great legs, but it's still missing the fourth. That's just not what we're okay about. Like, yeah. And so it was also a culture builder in her classroom because it, you have to have build a culture of accepting that your work is not perfect, accepting that somebody else may have done it better than you, and that that's okay, that you are a group of people working to learn something yeah. together, you know, and I think as an adult, think about that. Like how often I get caught up in like, oh, I'm not doing it good enough, but it's not always that I need to do it good enough, I just need the right people in the room to help me do it good enough, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And so there were some really big, broad things that were happening. Um, and I think those were the things my teachers latched onto immediately. They saw like great culture builder, great way to get kids um, to think about collaborating and communicating, um, a great way to them to like actually think about the work they just produced mm -hmm. and where it falls in that line. You know what I mean? Asking mm -hmm. kids to be really critical thinking thinkers about that stuff. Um, and then I honestly did not make the POG connection until the third lesson. <laughs> and it was my teacher who said, this would have been a great opportunity to have them reflect on POG. And I was like, oh my gosh, you're right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then I had the opportunity to help a fourth grade teacher do it. On Friday, we started with, I, I simply asked a question, my teacher said, can you just send me the skills you're working on, the one specifically? And they sent me two attributes and they picked two skills under two attributes. That's just kind of what our school's doing and it's yeah. on our SIP plan. So I made like a half sheet of paper 
and I, you know, and it said something like, you know, here our poetry goes graduate schools, and I put like a sentence stem. I use the the scale above when I blink, whatever. Yeah. So I gave it to them. I had them look at it. I had them pick the one that they thought they would um, focus on or use that day because I described what we were going to be doing. And actually, they didn't check one early on, but just like being aware and having awareness. And then at the very <clears throat> end of the lesson. We came back around and they reflected and wrote like when they were communicating. I had to like, you know, I had to share ideas and explain why that is a good one. Think about it. I'm doing a, a card with you. We have to think together. Um, and so what's interesting is the flashcard factory. One of the things that we've noticed is it doesn't go to, what was the one? Sorry. Oh, it goes, it goes to GIMP Kit, Kit, which is technically it's, not approved. It used to go to um, Quizlet. 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 Yeah. So, and our teachers use Quizlet pretty mm -hmm. frequently. Um, and so I kind of, we kind of skimmed over. I was hoping the teacher would be like, oh gosh, well that's terrible. We just did all this thing and it can't go. But at the end, we realized, honestly, we didn't even care if the product ever like became anything. Mm -hmm. We did, you can export to PDF and it creates a cute little like PDF and they were just gonna put it in their science notebook. But you could put it in a Google Classroom as a like, it it's doesn't true. have to be that's like true. for studying purposes <laughs> because the point of this is not to create, well, I would say the better. point of this, I would say if I could, I would change the name from Flashcard Factory to Factory of All the Good Things. I don't know. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because like, I think Flashcard is a really antiquated, mm -hmm. it's Stay very cool. like I need to learn a fact and I need to be able to flip the card and think about it. We grew yeah, up with yeah, flashcards. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, I just think it's much bigger than that. But and, So that was my big aha about that. And well. the, the uh, teaching truths, uh, I found them online. Do you do match up pretty well with the each of the you know tributes to portrait of a graduate? So the first one would be tackling tenacity. Uh -huh. Second one would be ex excavating and expanding. Third one is anticipating awesome. The fourth one is cultivating compassion, and then the last one is handling handing it over. And I think that's the you know that's the yeah. piece that you can do with Paradox is that you can hand over yes. a, a, you know a project or an assignment to the kids yeah. using Paradox. And they're, self -paced, and they're yes. able to self-pace themselves and basically version. continue the learning. Yeah. So Pear Deck is like the avocado slicer, and we need it, right? Yeah, it's it is a pretty great versatile tool. tool yeah. I, I think I, I talked my school into needing it before I knew exactly why we needed it. <laughs> yeah, same here, <laughs> that was kind of one of those things like yeah. they think they need it, I probably need it. Yeah. <laughs> right. And now I could speak about it, but, you know. Are there any other tools? I, I know that I've uh, just recently I've had a bunch of math teachers who are wanting to go down the flipped classroom route, and so I've started to. And I had played around with Edpuzzle a few years ago, um, so I've kind of gotten back into Edpuzzle as a great way to kind of flip math activities, and that's another great tool where you can take a video whether it's something that already exists on YouTube or that the, the teachers create, um, and then embed questions and kind of stopping points and checking points, similar to Pear Deck where you can add those. Um, but put that into a, a video form and it can give, again, instant feedback, which I don't think it did before, but now when you do answers, it'll tell you whether you got the answer correct or what the correct answer is, which is nice. Because then as they're going through that kind of that flip lesson, they can get that instant feedback to know, hey, I got it, or hey, I need to toggle back in this video and watch it again because I didn't get that concept. And so I'm kind of just starting to go down Ed Puzzle 
uh, and kind of play around with that again with my teachers. But I, I feel like that's a really useful tool, especially, uh, like I say, for flipping a classroom. I think that's a great use of that tool. I think Edpuzzle is really good. That is one of the tools that we um, subscribe to at Rocky. And I think it's really good for all the reasons you mentioned um, because it promotes the active engagement mm -hmm. yeah. um, with a video. Because a lot of times, um, when you think of flipped classroom type environments, or if you think of any video accessing video content, watching video Access, content online, yeah. um, I think even a certain certainly our parent community would agree that it's like that's where it gets a little iffy. It's like what are you're we consuming. doing? What are you're we just consuming, consuming information. Passive, yeah. passive, um, passive engagement with technology. But like the Ed Puzzle, especially, it sounds like it's gotten even better. Mm -hmm. um, and so I just I like that it, it stops the kids. And I think our teachers appreciate that too. Yeah, like yeah. They can stop the kids and and reflect and how are you doing and everything. So it definitely hits on that um, that issue or that yeah. uh, concern out there, which is a legit concern. And not only, not only using it for students, but for teachers as well. They have a very good database of all of the Edpuzzle, you know, published videos that you can refer to and pick out. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, they have a really good professional development side of it where you can actually go in and do trainings for you know, learning how to mm -hmm. personalize learning, learning how to use Google tools. Yeah. Awesome. And it's very detailed and you can actually give points to teachers mm. by basically completing those courses. Yeah. And Adam, cool. I think it's interesting is that I've been doing a lot of reflecting um, and thinking about how technology is used in my building, how teachers use it, and um, more and more, I just want to figure out the tools that really not, you know, it's less about like, oh, this is, this tool is great because of this, but like, you know, it, when blended learning, the first concept, we first started talking about it, we were just trying to figure out how do you do blended learning? Okay. And now I feel like the tools themselves kind of like intuitively tend to create that sort of environment, right? Mm -hmm. It's the reverse of here's what I want, what tool matches that, but it's almost like now we have tools that actually just kind of like naturally make you more of a blended learning teacher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like or, or give or make you more think a little bit more about being personalized. Um, because I think that is still a struggle. I think it is still something that people are trying to wrap their heads around. Um, and in, and I think particularly in elementary school, there was a lot of focus at first, and it's it's like, it's kind of like you know the focus is not just personalized learning and technology, and, and everything has kind of become part of like all the the fabrics of what we do. Um, so trying to stay focused on that is, is can be challenging, I think. And so I'm grateful that there are tools that just naturally make it that way instead of having to force it fit. I keep sitting here like thinking about like what tool would be my favorite. What tool am I gonna like say, oh I love it and this is why I love it and I can't pick one tool. There's so many tools out there that we like introduce to our teachers, our students, whatever whatever way, and there's obviously a reason. We choose a reason to use them. I try like I like you keep saying Ryan about like using these tools with teachers because anytime I'm doing if I'm doing a PD yes. or if I'm teaching a class, I always try to use the tools and have the teachers act as students so they can see why yep. they would want to use it. Um, and they can see the benefits themselves. But I can't say that there's like, I mean, yes, I love Pear Deck, I think it's awesome. I also think Edpuzzle is great, and I feel like teachers who are not using it, I, I know I have one teacher in my building, she's like, I need to use that, I need to use that. She knows why, she just yeah. needs to like take the next step and try one or two, and then she'll be like, I'm in. 
Um, but I think one thing I've seen more of my students lately is them being able to identify the tool that they need, and that to me is really cool. And I think that comes from kind of what you were saying, where like teachers are just using these different tools, maybe they're giving them a, here, you can try, or, you know, we're gonna use Pear Deck for this, or here, this is Book Creator, we're gonna make something in Book Creator here, or this might be something where you make a video on the green screen, but I had students that actually come to me and say, oh, I think we should try this because, the, or this is the tool that works best for me. So one, I had um, one of my students, I, I was, this was in, towards the beginning of the year, I was introducing Book Creator in a classroom, was a sixth grader and they were gonna make a big book that had like snippets of they each student wrote a memoir but the memoirs were like pages and pages long so they weren't gonna put the entire memoir in this book but they wanted to take one part of their memoir that they were proud of and so one of the students as we were like teaching it he was like you know it'd be really cool if we like took a picture of something that meant that connected our memoir we linked from that picture to our actual memoirs set them up so that everybody had comment only access and then we could comment on each other and give feedback on their memoirs. Wow. And I looked at the teacher <laughs> and I was like, and yep. my job here is done, yeah. right? Like he, it was a student saying, yeah, awesome. this is a tool that's cool and this is how we could use it. And that I think is really powerful. And what I, Super I, powerful. It sure is happening, you know, in our, just being a part of our one-to-one -one and our blended learning environments and now that we are all in this point, we've been there for a while, like just pretty Well, cool. and I think too, like, like you said, the emphasis on Portrait of a Graduate, I don't think there's immediate feedback on that all the time, but to me that's like a subtle way of saying a kid is starting to understand themselves as a learner, but also understanding because they even chose the concept of like, oh, we can give feedback and collaborate with each other. They're starting to like inherently know the importance of allowing people to, to provide feedback and that their peers are their group of, to mm -hmm. get feedback from. Right. Um, and so to me, that's like one of those subtle nuances or changes that we'll see in kids that we haven't seen when they haven't, when that hasn't made, been made clear to them. Right. You know, I don't think kids inherently would say, oh, we should probably give feedback to each other, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, right. it's true. That is right, that concept had to be built in. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. We could probably talk all day about tools yeah. and the benefits of them, but I think for this, we we've named lots of ones. things that are better together. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. And don't forget to get your loop case. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, before we close, while you were talking, Lisa, you mentioned something about, I'm just saying, you. it was in you. Oh, it was in my you ditty. The whole time. No. no, but you mentioned something about like how students, uh, there was an element of that, um, of that Pear Deck lesson where it was like no student was getting the credit, you know, it was like, mm. it was kind of that whole aspect of it, and I thought about a quote that I heard recently, and it's it goes along with our podcast, oh. so it could be a way to end it, but it was like, Matt, it's amazing how much work can be accomplished when no one gets the credit, mm -hmm. and it was from a coach, mm -hmm. um, but I just thought that was interesting to think about, because I do think that, like, that, you know, there's, a, there's kids always have that competitive vibe to them, and the human nature, we all sort of maybe do, but I just think, like, when you said that, totally. I thought about it, mm -hmm. and it's it really is true, like, when, so much can be accomplished when you don't mm -hmm. focus on the credit. I love that as a reflective yeah. quote, yeah. particularly for what I was talking about, but mm -hmm. that is very true, and it definitely transcends into your adult life, no yeah. doubt. It's oh, not a portrait absolutely. of a graduate, like mm -hmm. stated skill, mm -hmm. but that in fact is the truth. Mm -hmm. Like being able to share. Absolutely. So we're better together. We are better. Thank together. you. <laughs>